preaching a whole sermon on witchcraft, but we're going to deal with it for a moment because I'm here to tell you, as much as I am politically conservative, you better know that America is more in trouble with witchcraft than it is with communism. Which is really nothing but political witchcraft at the end of the day. With everything going on in the world, it's clear that there's one key thing that everyone should be focusing their attention on. Witchcraft. Well, according to Greg Locke anyway. Over the years, witches and witchcraft have become an overwhelming obsession for this pastor to the point where he has gone so far as to throw a book-burning party to try and rid the world of this witchy epidemic. In 2022, he made mainstream news when he and a herd of his followers joined together to throw books into a roaring fire in an attempt to burn the evil garbage that was infiltrating people's lives. Prior to this book banning party, Locke's congregation posted a call to action for their followers saying, quote, "'Bring all your Harry Potter stuff. "'Laugh all you want, haters, I don't care. "'It's witchcraft 100%. All your Twilight books and movies. That mess is full of spells, demonism, shape-shifting, and occultism. We've had stuff mailed in from all over America. You see, they are not mad because we're burning. They're mad at what we are burning. The event was proudly streamed on Facebook as Greg Locke himself recited one of his patterned outlandish sermons and a church band played on in the background and in between breaks of Greg Locke's various speeches. About an hour after the first song, the crowd made their way to a massive bonfire made of wood pellets and enraging flames and took books out of trash cans and threw them into the fire. Now he is far from the first person to insinuate that fictional books like Twilight and Harry Potter promote literal witchcraft. This by itself is not new rhetoric among certain religious groups. Just a quick Google search brings me to an article from the Christian Post in which Steve Wolberg, director of White Horse Media, warns people that books like Twilight, which was wildly popular at that time, would quote, only increase the trend of kids and teens going online, finding real vampire websites and diving headlong into occult darkness. Now, before the Twilight panic, there was the Harry Potter panic. When the book first gained popularity in the late 90s and early 2000s, many religious parents banned their kids from picking up the book of witchcraft and wizardry. Despite the fact that JK Rowling herself has told the world that she utilized Christian imagery in the novels and thought it was obvious, Christian groups still denounced the books. Focus on the Family, for example, wrote lengthy reviews of each, focusing on some of the good, like the stories of friendship and strength, but outwardly denouncing the use of witchcraft. In one of the reviews they wrote, From a spiritual perspective, it's clear that there are not dark and light sides when it comes to witchcraft. It is all as black as sin. The devil goes after the young, those who cannot fend for themselves. That's why we're trying to help you. We're trying to warn you. And I don't care what kind of hero they are. They're an enemy of God. And had it been in the Old Testament, Harry Potter would have been put to death. So Locke doing this quite recently means that he actually is incredibly behind the curve, but maybe trends just aren't for him. Now, starting a book burning crusade is definitely concerning. Historically speaking, banning books and book burnings haven't been indicative of the group being on the right side of history or having people's best interests at heart. Usually it's a sign of a lot worse things to come, which in this case seems to be true yet again. That same month, he again went viral when he went on an outlandish rant at his church about witches that had infiltrated the church. Jumping around, screaming, and doing his normal routine, Greg Locke proudly announced that he has the first and last names of six witches in the church. He goes on to proudly scream that he even has an address for one of them before screaming this, and I quote, 
You so much as cough wrong and I'll expose you in front of everybody in this tent, you stinking witch. You were sent to this church to destroy us. You were sent to this church to lure us in. You were sent to this church to cast a spell. Listen, some of you been sick because you befriended that witch. And I haven't really been able to find like the reason or answering the why question for this sudden outburst. I don't know if these were people who got caught hiding in a closet reading Twilight with a flashlight. I don't know if these were people who had come in to report on the church or what, but for some reason, this was an appropriate speech for him apparently. At one point he says something about sage burning, but I have no clue if someone was actually burning sage or if it was just a figure of speech. You just never really know with Greg if I'm being honest. But what I do know is those people must have been sitting there terrified as a highly powerful and listened to man screams that he will expose their address to the world if they cough wrong. I am of course just being a hair facetious when I say that. I don't think there were witches in his church. And even if there were, I don't think it should matter, but anyway. It also doesn't help that his witch satanic panic streak also seems to rely on disparaging mental health and invisible disabilities. At one point, he insinuated that autism and OCD were demonic possession that people claim is medical because they just want to feel better. According to him, people suffering from OCD have to do things over and over and over, not because of a widely researched and accepted mental health diagnosis, but because they've simply been possessed. His argument to prove his point? There was no diagnosis of autism in the Bible, so therefore it must not exist medically. And by that logic, we could probably assume that a lot of things are just demonic possessions too. Polio didn't present itself as an epidemic until 1948, and it's not mentioned in the Bible, so was that a demonic possession? With his logic, I wouldn't be shocked if the people he claimed were witches in his outlandish rant were just people suffering from mental health issues. That wouldn't be surprising at all. Over the years, his sense of paranoia and outrageous claims seem to have only grown and they continue to get more dangerous as he continues to gain steam, notoriety, and powerful friends in the political arena. Today on Multilevel Mondays, we won't only be addressing what a sham of a man he is, but his beliefs as a whole. And perhaps one of his most concerning stances is his outward hatred and blatant disregard for people of the LGBTQ plus community. So let's explore the man, the mystery, probably the monster, Greg nation. And if you wanna find even more information about some of your favorite episodes, up and coming episodes, ad-free episodes, and even bonus episodes that might just be a little too spicy for YouTube and Spotify, then make sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Illuminati. I recently spoke about Bad Dragon and Larry Nasser, but I've got an upcoming episode about the PETA conspiracy and how some people believe that they were actually created by the meat industry purely to make vegans look bad. I highly recommend taking a look. And of course, let me know what you think in the Patreon comments too, or in the Patreon Discord server. And if that topic isn't for you, you can always make a suggestion in that private Discord server too. It's an extremely wholesome server and it's nothing but a fabulous time over there. So feel free to check it out again, patreon.com slash Illuminati. We don't want to keep you broken. We'll take you broken, but we love you too much to let you stay that way because there's freedom from bondage in the name of Jesus. 
One of the very first things you see when you go to Greg Locke's church's website is a quote that reads, we would like to welcome you to our church. We accept everyone just as they are, but we love you too much to let you stay that way. Come and grow with us as we seek God's will and show his love. Now, if you knew nothing about Greg Locke, it would be easy to see this as a relatively decent statement. Hey, we love you, but we want you to improve. There's nothing inherently wrong with that thinking either. I think it's a great thing to grow as a person. And even if it takes a couple months, a couple years, whatever, I think it's fair that people want to improve and be better. And maybe I'm just too naive, but I do think most people are innately good and most people want to be good and want to change to continue to be better. I realize that gets me into a lot of trouble because I give people too much credit when they don't deserve it, but I digress. Greg Locke's church apparently takes a little bit of a different approach. See, when you sprinkle in some downright distaste and horrific crusades against people and the LGBTQ community, and the fact that he believes mental health issues are just demonic possessions, then it becomes a lot less inspiring and a lot more concerning. Now, with this caveat, we can see the same old rhetoric that we've seen from Christian leaders over the years, love the sinner, hate the sin, something that's been used to excuse away countless atrocities, violence, and the use of conversion therapy. And with Greg Locke, it doesn't seem any different. In one of his sermons posted online, Locke seems to pat himself on the back for saving gay women who come to Global Vision. Each new member of the church is apparently required to attend classes, which bring up a plethora of red flags in my mind when it comes to the LGBTQ community, especially when Locke says things like, quote, I don't expect them to remain active in it. They may still have some struggles, but they aren't going to remain consistently in sin. And I will give him some credit that he spoke out against violence when the Orlando Pulse shooting happened though that's a very low bar and doesn't deserve too much adoration when he's still the same person going on rants about how gay people don't deserve to have wedding cakes. Back when the Supreme Court was hearing a case on a baker who refused to provide services for an LGBTQ couple, Greg Locke posted a three minute long rant about how the gay community was overreacting about selective drama. In the video, he says that gay people would not be suing for discrimination if they had gone to a Muslim bakery and were denied but specifically only sued the bakery because it was a Christian who had refused to offer them services. And this seems to be a pretty common idea for the pastor who claims that Christians are the real people who are persecuted, not the folks in the LGBTQ community. I must have missed the part where Christian people were brought into conversion therapy programs to be tortured or abused. I must also be missing some discriminatory laws for Christian beliefs too. Because in the last year, as the human rights campaign pointed out, there have been over 500 discriminatory laws introduced to state legislatures. And that includes some that create a license for businesses to discriminate against people in the LGBTQ community. Now, as far as I've seen, I have not seen any Christian discrimination laws pass, and I shouldn't, because discrimination is wrong in any sense. People have the right to be free to be who they are and hold their beliefs as long as they aren't hurting anybody else. To make it a little bit more clear, you're allowed to have your religious freedom until it starts to impede other people's freedoms. The freedom for them to be religious, to not be religious, freedom of speech, freedom for them to be who they are. You can be religious as much as you want, but when you start to impose your religion on other people because you believe it's right, even if they don't believe or prescribe to that, that's when you're stepping over a line here. And the reality here is that the LGBTQ community isn't hurting anybody. They just want to live their lives like everyone else. It just doesn't seem like a big ask. 
but apparently it is. And people like Greg Locke also frame LGBTQ plus people as dangerous to try and get their point across. And that's one of the most dangerous aspects of this homophobic messaging. In Greg Locke's video, he accuses gay people of being perverts and claims that kids are being indoctrinated in schools. And this is the same messaging we're hearing today. And it's one of the biggest reasons we're seeing such a massive uptick in anti-LGBTQ legislation. Now, he also has a history of going after transgender people specifically. In 2017, he was banned from Facebook for 24 hours after they determined a video he posted was in violation of their community guidelines. In the video, he goes after Attorney General Loretta Lynch for calling transgenderism a human right after filing a lawsuit against North Carolina when the state introduced a bill that required transgender people to use bathrooms that corresponded with their sex rather than their gender. It's hard to believe that years later, we're still seeing these same bills today and at an alarmingly fast rate too. Attorney General Lynch said that people should learn from our history and reference the past use of segregated bathrooms by race as a comparison to the new bill. And this is where Greg Locke apparently took offense. According to him, this comparison was offensive to black people. As Locke says, quote, "'Transgenderism is not a civil right. It's not normal, it's anti-biblical. And I'm sorry, just because I have morals and values that does not make me a discriminatory bigot.'" He then goes on to point out that transgender was once listed as a mental illness, which he's not wrong about, but homosexuality was also once listed as a mental illness, as was hysteria for women. Just because something once was doesn't mean it is now. Science and understanding evolve over time. And when new research, information, or more comes to fruition or is finally given attention in the research community, things change. What matters is the now. Now, homosexuality is not considered a mental disorder. Now, being transgender is not considered a mental disorder. If we base the now on research teachings of the past, we would be behind on quite a few things, So this isn't the argument that everyone seems to wish it was, but Greg Locke has never been opposed to spreading false information. Over the last few years, his willingness to engage in conspiracy theories and dangerous misinformation campaigns has only grown and it came to a head during the COVID-19 pandemic. For months, we've seen President Trump turn wearing a mask into a political issue. But now as the United States nears the first coronavirus vaccinations, The question, will that resistance to wearing masks among Trump's Trump supporters? Unfortunately, the words conspiracy theorist and evangelical pastor have been used more and more in the same sentence recently. It seems like many of them are starting to lean more into the world of conspiracy theories. And hey, it seems to be working out great for a lot of them too, which is bad for the rest of us. One study which tracked misinformation on YouTube found an astonishing 1800 Christian evangelical channels that had posted a video containing a phrase specifically from QAnon. Over the years, those channels have garnered over 20,000 videos combined that utilized QAnon phrases and language and raked in over 208 million views. Of course, a lot of pastors do not openly endorse the conspiracy group. Instead, they just spread the common theories used among them, adopt the same language, and promote the same ideas without ever mentioning Q explicitly. Greg Locke just so happens to be one of the many evangelical Christians following this pathway. One of his viral videos, gaining over 1.5 million views in just 20 hours, consisted of him claiming that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were running a child trafficking ring. In addition to this completely out-of-pocket claim was his insistence that Pope Francis, Oprah Winfrey, and Tom Hanks were also pedophiles and sex traffickers who were going to be brought down by God. Now, if any of this sounds familiar to you, it's because it's the same messaging and theories that have been spread by Q for years. 
We all remember Pizzagate where a bunch of people got together to claim Hillary Clinton was clearly running a trafficking ring in the basement of a DC pizza parlor. The belief that the government and Hollywood are being controlled by pedophiles and sex traffickers is the very core of Q and Greg Locke has joined their ranks purely just by spreading the same messaging. Despite this, he doesn't actually admit to being a part of the conspiracy group and says that he is not in all that nonsense and is just a truth seeker and a truth teller. It seems awfully odd to me that he claims that he isn't into any of these while spouting the exact same theories the group does. It's just odd, that's all I'm saying. Though maybe we shouldn't really be surprised as he also had some pretty wild things to say about the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't wear a mask when I go in either. We're not gonna close our church, ladies and gentlemen, because of COVID-19. I don't believe the government can tell me, you know, when or how I can stick a needle in my arm or my kids' arms. Super government overreach. Faith over fear. I ain't worried about some fake Uh, I'm saying the sickness is real. I'm saying the pandemic. At the beginning of the coronavirus, Locke gained some massive notoriety for being one of the loudest voices speaking out against any and all protections to stop the spread. He repeatedly called the virus a hoax and pushed back against anyone that tried to take any protective measures against it. When the vaccine did come out, Locke actively spoke out against them. He told his followers that while they wouldn't be kicked out of the church if they took it, he urged them to avoid it all the same. Word for word, he said, quote, I discourage anyone under this tent to get it. To him, the vaccine wasn't a medical success that could help save thousands, if not millions of lives. It was a form of government control. He believed this so strongly that he told his followers he didn't even believe that politicians had taken the vaccine. Instead, he believed that they had been given sugar water. Though he did later back off that claim slightly when asked by journalists, and he said he didn't literally believe powerful politicians were injected with sugar water, he did believe they had been given some other form of placebo though. Obviously, this was an incredibly dangerous rumor to be spreading to his countless followers who all seemed to fall on his every word. As more and more people took the vaccine, COVID-19 began to slow. And while it has obviously not been completely eradicated at this current time, the vaccine is still an incredibly important step to take to keep ourselves and our communities safe, just as it was in past instances of terrifying pandemics like polio and smallpox. For good measure, he also had to throw in at one point, just a little FYI here, that the COVID-19 vaccine was poison and contained a demonic spirit. He's really big on the satanic point of view, I guess. Unfortunately, his preaching did seem to have some disastrous consequences for one family. The Davis family, who were interviewed by the Washington Post, told the heartbreaking story of their family. Lena Davis had been following Locke after her uncle, Coburn Kennedy, became deeply entrenched in his teachings. Kennedy, who was once close with the family, regularly attended services and leaned on Locke's teachings. He continuously spouted the same rhetoric used by Locke, saying that the vaccine was dangerous and contained aborted fetuses. He put his trust in Locke and in Locke's God and decided not to get the vaccine. Two months later, he died of COVID-19. But even after one of his members tragically died of the same disease that Locke claimed didn't exist, he didn't stop. In fact, he told the community members of his church that they would be kicked out if they chose to show up with a mask. He completely denied the existence of the new variant and warned his followers to look elsewhere if they wanted a community that would observe health officials' guidance. What makes this all the worse is the fact that he posted all of these statements on social media without a single care in the world, spreading dangerous information to millions of people with the push of a button. Eventually, this did end up biting him in the ass when he was permanently banned from Twitter after repeatedly breaking their guidelines regarding COVID-19 misinformation. Of course, when daddy Elon popped into the picture, he got his account back and all is good in hell, apparently. 
But for a brief moment, he joined his beloved president, Donald Trump, in the world of Twitter bans and spoke out about his displeasure. And that brings us to the last part of today's episode, Greg Locke's terrifyingly large involvement with United States politics, because if you thought it was limited, you'd be wrong. But really quick, let's take a brief break from today's episode. Have you been enjoying today's content? Would you want access to even more exclusive features and join a close-knit community of fans? Then consider becoming a part of our Patreon family. By supporting us over on patreon.com slash Illuminati, you are help fueling the work we do and keep this content accessible for everyone. But the benefits don't stop there. As a patron, you're also going to enjoy ad-free episodes, behind the scenes insights, bonus episodes, and so much more. Your support also comes with the ability to connect with other like-minded folks, discussing favorite episodes and other things just going on in life, as well as just chatting with me as well. It's more than just a subscription. It's an invitation to be part of the creative process. So head on over to patreon.com slash Illuminati and choose the tier that suits you best. We appreciate each and every one of you, whether you're just tuning in or have been with us since day one. And now a word from Dipsy, because spring is a time of growth and transformation, and Dipsy is here to help you explore the sensual side of this season of renewal. With Dipsy's sexy audio stories, you can indulge in your blooming desires, newfound passions, and the thrill of taking risks. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. And Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and even sexy stories you can read if that's your bag. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or heat things up with a partner. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com MLM. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com MLM. dipsystories.com MLM. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. I don't care how mad that makes you. You get pissed off as you want to. You cannot be a Christian and vote Democrat in this nation. They are God-denying demons that butcher babies and hate this nation. If you vote Democrat, you're not a Christian. Well, you're not welcome in this church. At least not according to Greg Locke and his church. Back in 1972, almost 90% of Democrats identified themselves as Christian. Almost 50 years later in 2021, that number has plummeted to just over 50%. Now, some self-proclaimed Christians have insisted that you can't support Black Lives Matter and be a part of their faith. Locke himself claims that Hillary Clinton, naturally, is a high priestess in the Satanic Church, and his beliefs go far beyond Republican, but truly hating and literally despising anything on the left. Since when did Christianity mean hatred to a pastor? So many despicable acts have been done in Jesus's name, but I've never heard a Bible verse say that supporting equal rights make you a demon. You'd think that a pastor of all people would promote spreading God's love, but the core of his message doesn't bring people together, it only divides. According to the Washington Post, quote, Locke in an interview was defiant that he is not a Christian nationalist, but he makes no apologies for bringing politics into the pulpit. He was on the steps of the US Capitol during the January 6th insurrection and has continued to preach the falsehood that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. The real miracle here, honestly, is that Locke even has a church at all. 
there's a ban on churches being involved in politics in this way. As you should know, there's the separation of church and state, but Locke and honestly, a lot of these fundamental Christians don't really seem to care about that. Christians are the only ones who matter in Locke's country and movements to bring equality to oppressed communities are the works of the devil. And don't think for one minute that he deserves the benefit of the doubt because Locke is fully aware of what he's doing. Locke knows full well that the IRS can revoke his tax exempt status for refusing to keep politics off the pulpit. But he told UPI, quote, "'We do not bow our knee to the IRS. "'We bow only to Jesus Christ. "'I will continue to boldly expose "'the corruption of politics in our day.'" And I mean, that's fine, Greggy Poo, but Jesus didn't grant you tax exempt status. No one is trying to silence you or take away your right to free speech. You can say what you want, but there are consequences to what you say. The right to free speech is not the right to be free of consequences. If you say mean, nasty, hateful, untrue shit, there are consequences for that. As Americans United Vice President of Strategic Communications explained, quote, there's no first amendment right to be tax exempt, but it's more than taxes and telling his congregation how to vote. Locke has actively protested against politics that he doesn't believe in. In 2005, he demonstrated in front of a middle school because they taught Islam in world history. The next year, he criticized a politician for not making the Bible the official state book. And the year after that, he traveled to DC to return thousands of letters from Planned Parenthood after he spoke out against them. Then in 2019, he protested an abortion clinic. And in 2021, he attended rallies protesting the certification of votes for President Biden. The list goes on and on. These are merely a few examples. Earlier, we saw that someone actually died following Locke's harmful rhetoric about the vaccine. I don't really think it's a stretch to think that people would join Locke in protesting too, even when Locke doesn't have the evidence to match his claims. Vaccines containing aborted fetuses, the election being stolen, democratic politicians being demons. Locke doesn't have proof for this, but that doesn't seem to matter and it never has. There's no doubt whatsoever that Locke has violated federal law in the way he mixes church and state, but he simply doesn't care. Some of his comments go far beyond hateful too, and they're downright threatening. When discussing abortion, he said, quote, I'm going to the Supreme Court this Tuesday at noon and I'm going to raise hell for the life of them babies, right in Joe Biden's backyard. Everyone wanna talk about the insurrection? Mm, let me tell you something, you ain't seen the insurrection yet. You keep on pushing our buttons, you low down sorry compromisers, you God-hating communists, maybe you'll find out what an insurrection is. You'll find out what an insurrection is. What? An, an interesting statement to say. Not something I would say, that sounds very threatening, but uh, that's something he said. This is hate speech that riles people up to commit violent acts if I've ever seen it. Truly, Locke is a perfect example of how someone has monetized hate speech and turned being alt-right into a religion. He's not a church pastor, he's a professional bigot. Now, as for what Locke is up to in current days, he's been taking things one step further and even claims that he has the capability to cast out demons. He has apolistic power and can take a demon right out of someone's body through baptism. It's kind of gross and a bit racist that he says he noted demons were especially prominent in his mission trips to Africa, but Locke doesn't care about that either. Controversy built his platform and that's not my opinion. Locke himself has proudly said that. He thrives on the hate, he feeds on it. It's not unlike the supposed demons he can supposedly exercise though. Now, if only his spirit could be cast out, I think the world would certainly be better for it, but. I'm not holding my breath for that anytime soon. But with all of that being said, that's where we're going to end today's episode. I hope you learned something new here today. And if you did, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Really appreciate you spending some of your time here with me today. And as always, I'll see you in the next one. Bye.